Hello and welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your fix of the NFL with a little added je ne sais quoi. Big shout out as always to the Gridiron family, which we're proud to call ourselves a part. My name is Tom Moore, talking nonsense since 1986. And joining me as always is the godfather of the family, but also the reprobate. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing well. You know, we're getting closer to the end of the season. I do feel a bit like a car where, like, one wheel has come off, the side door has fallen apart, and I'm just slowly going to chug my way to the finish line, I think. We're taping this, in fact, on early on a Friday morning, which is unusual for us, so I I feel drained but excited by the games this week. Yeah, it's 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 kind of enjoyable to do on a Friday. I don't feel like I'm wondering whether my noise is waking up my children somewhere in the house, because there's nobody else in the house. But there is washing behind me unfortunately on a rack which is not great not in iraq on a rack the uh, real like it. last day of school vibe when you tape first thing on a friday when you take last day of school when you take um snakes and ladders or a board game in yeah did you ever actually play those board games you say never you take a board game in on the last day you never actually play them do you never ever once no. okay fair enough well on today's show we are going to hit you with our NFL headlines, which we usually do, which are our headlines for next week, saying this is what we think is going to be on the media, in the media, around the media next week, related to the divisional round of games that we've got coming at you. Then we've got a game show, and the game show this week is going to be about the divisional round. It's going to be talking about some divisional rounds from the past, and Ollie and I are going to be questioning each other to see if we can see who scored the touchdowns from games in divisional rounds past. What do you think of that one, Ollie? I, I, that one terrifies me. I'm going to have absolutely no shot at that. Guessing a touchdown scorer when, you know, my favorite play name of all time, as you're aware, is Michael Omanawanui. Uh, I believe he scored one in a divisional round against the Baltimore Ravens in the in the famous Baltimore-Baltimore illegal formation that they have forgot to write in the books. It was an illegal formation and Belichick's such a savage that he <laughs> discovered this himself. So... You can get the weird tight end throwbacks and the offensive lineman score, and then the you know the the third string running back punches it in from the one. So guessing the touchdown score sounds like it's going to be pretty difficult. Yeah, I'm petrified to be quite honest, Ollie. I don't think we're going to get any. So I feel like with each <laughs> game that we question each other with, if we get one of the touchdown scorers, I think that's a, we count that as a win. You don't have yeah. to get them all. That would be impossible. But before we get to our headlines, Ollie, and our game show and all the other fun we're going to talk about, as always, i got to start with a little bit of a, a monologue for myself around things that I've picked up on this week. Are you prepared to listen to me and fire some shots back? I am very excited. Okay. The first thing I want to say is that, you know, everything with Rogers and Brady retiring at the moment. I was sat in bed last night because my son's been, been ill and he's making a lot of noise. So you find yourself just sat up in bed because you can't go to sleep because you're listening out to see if he's okay. Anyway, and I was sat there going, Brady will retire. I think it was after the Bucks had lost to the Cowboys on Monday night. So it was the middle of the night. I kind of seen the score at about four or five o'clock in the morning. I was sat there and I was going, maybe Brady will retire. And then I was thinking, and maybe Rogers is going to retire. And then I was thinking, if Brady retires first, would Rogers retire? And then I thought, there is no way he'll retire because he wouldn't want to be in the same Hall of Fame class as Brady and have the lights <laughs> not shine all over him for that week. Do you know? Now, and I sat there and I thought, is that harsh? But then I thought, mm-mm, that's oh, bang no. on the money. <laughs> that's that guy. There was that fun, like, 20 minutes. I don't know if you saw this because you're not as actively online as I am because you have a real life and children. Um, <laughs> that, where Aaron Donald changed his bio. I did see that. Twitter, I did see that, yeah. So, like, 
former NFL player or something, and people assumed that was how he'd announced he'd retired from this, the sport as the greatest defensive player of all time. And there was like a lovely 20-minute window where there was a chance there was a Hall of Fame class of Rodgers, Brady, Donald, and Watt, which wow. the, wow. the greatest ever, basically. But as you said, if that was to be the case, you know Tom Brady would be all in for that, like a literal Mount Rushmore of players. He'd love that because he knows he's Tom Brady anyway. Aaron Rodgers would have immediately put his name back, resigned, yeah. signed his papers, and re up for the next season. There's no way he's walking on a stage with Donald and Watt and Brady. No, hell no. Hell no. Now, a few other uh, notes before we get to the headlines, Ollie. First of all, right, so I work for a government organization. I'm not going to say which, okay? But essentially, I wanted to buy a wireless mouse for my computer because I, you know often working in it's, it's hard on the trackpad isn't it when you're doing things on visio and powerpoint you're trying to make great creations anyway so i went on the online system to try and purchase the procurement system and i just want to paint this picture just so people just know how the, the uk government works um i was greeted quite quickly by shortcuts to buy both a pocket knife and some body armor <laughs> but it took me quite a few clicks to get through to a bluetooth mouse ollie <laughs> I do not know why people in the particular organisation that I work for would need either a pocket knife or some body armour. They are not frontline troops, okay? They are are not. Body armour is always essential. There is no time in life when... The only time body armour is not essential is the one moment when you think to yourself, I really should have had some body armour, because it's when it (laughs) it dawns on you, it would have been helpful. The pocket knife seems a a bit too far, knowing the organisation you work in. Do you think that potentially these are just people that are having office arguments that decide to come in one day, I'm going to arm myself with some body armor and a pocket knife and Susan's going to get it. She has taken my tea bags for the last time. There are definitely people within that organization building who do believe that they work in the SAS or or, or something of that ilk. So I can see them trawling through the the intranet to to look through the, the really juicy fun stuff. It was quite incredible, Ollie. And to think of thinking of the office as well, I saw a story on online, Ollie, about banning cake in the office. Did you <gasps> see this? What for? What to what? It, well, <laughs> precisely. Bear with me, okay? Because this I thought was egregious. Doesn't cover it, right? If you work in an office, you know the drill. It's someone's birthday, and all the unwritten rules mean they are generous. A day or a generous boss supplies cake or cakes, right? You have cakes in the office, okay? But is it time to kick the cupcakes away? A food advisor said workers should not bring in sweet treats to avoid tempting colleagues. Right, bear with me. Food Standards Agency chairwoman, I will not say her name, compared being around cake in the office to passive smoking. What are you talking about? Passive smoking. You inhale it, you can't do anything about it. You're not walking around inhaling cake involuntary. You have to take it, pick it up, and shove it in your hole. Ollie, this is absolutely unbelievable. She said, if nobody brought cakes into the office, I would not eat cakes. Maybe we should get some damn willpower, woman. (laughs) And she seems to undermine one of the great, great inventions of history, which is passive smoking. There is nothing like a bit of passive smoking. Now, back in the day when you'd sit in a restaurant, gross, gross, gross. These days, when you walk past a good old fashioned smoker, and you inhale a whiff, you're getting none of the tar, you're getting none of the immediate cancer, immediate, I mean, I know there's problems with passive smoke long term. Immediate. Just, just, just the one whiff, you know, you walk past someone who's outside of Tesco and you go, oh God, that fucking smells great. It just yeah. smells so good. 
My uncle Mick used to smell like thin cigars when we used to go and watch Notts County. And I always remember smoking them. Oh, my God, it was a fantastic smell. I was probably only about 12 years old. It was absolutely <laughs> glorious. I'm so animated about this particular story, Ollie, because I am such a fan of cake that someone at work nicknamed me Cake. And what is your favourite of the cakes? Uh, I, I will... On tender hooks. Well, you always say I'm a kind of a bland English person. So what do you think it is? I'll give you one guess. God, it's got to be some kind of raspberry and cream. Victoria sponge, but <laughs> with buttercream, Molly. None of this fresh cream nonsense. None of this a little bit. It has to be proper, thick buttercream, which is basically a heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> but it's it's what we like. Right, last one, Ollie. Last one, last one, last one. Um, my wife is a firm exponent and fan of Love Island. Okay, so unfortunately, it's unavoidable. It's on in our house, right? So therefore, I have to engage with it, Ollie. If, if I've got, if it's going to be there, I may as well try and get some enjoyment out of it. Okay. Now, yesterday we were watching it. It was absolutely fantastic because it was a statement that I think completely epitomizes the generation that we have emerging right now. And I don't mean to offend anyone by this. If you are of that generation, if you are between the ages of eighteen and twenty-four. This person said, look, I'm a firm believer in what will be, will be. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. To me, Ollie, that is the charter of the unaccountable lazy person, okay? <laughs> Someone just says, in life, what will be, will be. Yeah. It's okay. If it doesn't work out, it wasn't meant to be. That is just a, a get-out-of-jail-free card for being an idiot, not trying, and so many other sins, Ollie, that people just think, ah, it's okay now, because we live in this completely, I'm, I'm on my soapbox, selfish world. We're also, everything's about me. Yeah. What is it, what, what do I get for me? And it <laughs> makes me sad, Ollie. <laughs> very defeatist, that. It's, it is very sad. It's obviously uh, not exactly intellectually rigorous, um, but it's, it just feels defeatist. It's like you have no hand or say in your life did you not sign up for love island How did exactly. just, magically you just woke up one day on the island <laughs> i don't it's, it's bonkers ollie but let look let me get off my soapbox uh, on, on love island, down. just quick Go on. i don't watch love island there was a two season run where i did watch love island through no fault of my own um do you do the running commentary are you allowed to talk during Love Island? Is it essentially a podcast of you and your wife on the sofa watching Love Island, or do you kind of sit and simmer in silence? No, we 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 talk. So I was just sat there for the whole of the last episode because we're a few episodes behind. Just going, well, he's going to pick Olivia. He's obviously going to pick Olivia. He's, he's going to pick Olivia. My wife said, I don't know. I said, he's going to pick Olivia. He's going to pick Olivia. I know dirtbags. He picked Olivia. <laughs> but no, you know, you see, you know, when you get older, I don't know. I think it's necessarily not necessarily an age thing, but when you see people flirting and stuff like that, I think you, as you become married and you have kids and you spend so much, so little of your time flirting and so much of your time just watching the world go by you actually get yeah you very get a very good sense of young people and maybe it's a maturity thing as well and where they are and how they express themselves and their body language you can see who's into who oh yeah and it's just obvious sorry it's, it's just true. obvious it's just like um uh like dawn french in in uh the vicar of dibley when there's alice and hugo and she eventually <laughs> just has to go just kiss you idiots <laughs> very much like that right let's move forward throw it forward Okay, to the NFL headlines, and we are predicting the storylines for next week that reflect back on the divisional round of games. And we'll do two each, Ollie, and I will kick off with this. Jags run Chiefs close, but Mahomes' magic two-minute drill takes a Chief to the championship weekend. I think Mahomes is going to have to take it in the last two minutes to win this game and take down the Jaguars, and the Jags run will come to an end. Beautiful as it's been, and I love that organisation now with Doug in there. Doug, of course, 
Phil, former Packer. We love the guy. He was the guy who taught um, Brett Favre what a nickel, <laughs> nickel back is. <laughs> so, you know, always got a lot of time for Doug. Um, what do you think about this one, Ollie? I'm really excited for this game. You know, I, I do think the Jags have a puncher's chance, like you're saying, they're coming down to the two-minute drill. What's really fascinating about this game is, one, we've spoke, I think, previously with the Jags, and I almost got this exactly right, that they have the talent to put 40 on anyone, right? And they also have the weaknesses and the immaturity and the naivety to get pasted by 40 by anyone. And we saw that in the Chargers game where they go down, you know, an extreme amount, and then they have one of the all-time comebacks because they've got so much raw talent that they can just put four drives together as well as any offense in the league, essentially, and as well as any defense in the league because they're so athletic on defense. They're really, really young. So I'm looking forward to it. The, the standout thing to me is both these teams miss a ton of tackles. And both of their offenses are designed to say, put our best athlete in space and hope that someone misses or go make someone miss with talent. And so it will come down to who misses four or five tackles in the game. I think they're fifth and sixth in the league in missed tackle rate this year. And the teams above them are the teams who are horrific, right? It's the Bears, it's the Colts, it's those kind of teams, the Texans. So it, the, the Jags are in this thing, I think. I think they've got a real shot. I think that the, the, them defensively is not as anywhere near far away from the Chiefs defensively. It might even be better. The, the Chiefs offense is the best in the league comfortably mm -hmm. than, the, than the Eagles probably, and then the Bills has fallen away slightly. But the Jags offense, though, it's not as consistent down to down. In high leverage situations, third downs most specifically, they are just as good as the Chiefs numerically and when you just watch them. So it's um it's going to be a fun one. It's uh, Trevor Lawrence on the road, big playoff game. You know, he looked confused and frazzled and nervous to open up the the, the wild card around. Let's, let's see how he handles it in Arrowhead. I want to ask you a question before we move on to the next headline, Ollie, just about Patrick Mahomes. And I know we can always boil these things down to the quarterback, but I just want to talk about him for a second. He's, he's pretty clearly on the Hall of Fame trajectory, you know, and I think if he kind of broke his leg right now and he could never play again or something, he probably would still get into the yes. Hall of Fame, if you ask me. Now, are we watching the greatest quarterback of all time at the end of his career? Controversial. I know we've got Brady and Brady's Brady, but I'm just saying, trajectory-wise, are we watching the greatest quarterback of all time? I think what we've seen is the move from, we had this with Marino and Montana, and then Rodgers had this for a little while. And then yep. there was the Peyton Brady thing too, where one was like the win. It would be like the winner and the achievements and then the talent. And then Brady won so much more than everyone else. They was like, well, he must also be just as talented as everyone else then because, you know, he can't keep winning seven Super Bowls and, you know, 45 championship appearances and all this kind of nonsense and throw for more yards by, by volume than everyone else. He must be just as talented as Peyton Manning. It's not like a physical trait Peyton Manning has that Brady doesn't. When there was Rodgers and he was at the apex of his powers, it was, well, is this the most physically gifted, talented player mm. And these guys are just more accomplished. I think with Mahomes, it will get to, he is quite comfortably the most talented guy to ever play position because he just it, there is a Jordan-esque quality to him, right? Yeah, there is. He's creating new angles that no one else has ever imagined. And now other guys are trying it, and you see in the, in some of the younger players coming into the league, you see the guys in college like Bryce Young, they're trying to replicate Patrick Mahomes. That is not something that anyone's ever tried to do with Tom Brady. He, that that footwork was Montana's footwork. No one, you know, Brady was replicating that. No one comes into the league and says, I'm going to do things exactly the way as Tom Brady. So I think he will most certainly be like the Michael Jordan most talented player it is hard for me to imagine, even with the head start he's had, he's got the, you know, he's got more wins than everyone ever at this stage in his career. Already won a championship. He's going to win another MVP. It'll probably be unanimous. Maybe Jalen Hurts gets a vote this go around, right? 
and he's got a great organization with an unbelievable coach and a great contract for long term. So maybe he can win five, six titles. But I think for people to think he would get to that Bradyish bracket with winning underestimates how insane it was that they won that much together for that long in New England. Yeah, it's a good point. I think it will be a great debate that will rage on for many, many years. And it's always that. It's come up now with soccer, hasn't it, in terms of Messi and Ronaldo. This World Cup seemed to shine the light on them. Who was the greatest of all time? Messi winning it. Everyone says it's Messi. But everyone forget. Everyone keeps, even though he's just died, Pelé and Maradona and Garincha and all the other great players that have just played yeah. throughout the, the history. And that's that. there's going to be this generational thing that happens. And this generation is the recent bias. And you know what I mean? Diego Maradona is the only player I've ever seen who um, took a bump of cocaine before a penalty shootout and then scored. So I, I don't care what, how many trophies you put in the cabinet, Lionel. Until I see you take a rail pre-match and go and <laughs> score a hat-trick, no one is more talented than, than that little fella. He is, I mean, he was absolutely incredible. Um, but the, 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 the amazing thing about Pelé is all these things you see about the Cruyff turn or Ronaldo chopping or fainting dummies or, or this, that and the other or Neymar juggling it on his head. Pelé did all of that. Yeah, he did all of that. Really and cool, people don't realise. Have seen that really cool five minute video where they cross cut everyone doing what would be kind of their signature. Yeah. The Cruyff turn is the one you are referencing there. And then like 20 years earlier in black and white, Pelé's doing it all. It's incredible. Um, let's move on, Ollie, and give me your your first one. Purdy Mania. Oh, yeah. Are you in? Are you in on the Brockasons? Ah, the Brockasons, the Broccoli. Broccoli Rob. Um, I, I like Purdy. I feel like this game will be San Francisco's. I think they will win this game, but I don't think Purdy takes them all the way, ultimately. I think they probably fall at the next hurdle, but I, I see the 49ers taking this one with the with the home field advantage. Yeah, I, I think the Niners will win too. I just don't know. No one has found any way to cope with this offense, right? you got those five guys. They can all line up anywhere. you got no idea where they're going to be, what personnel you're supposed to put on the field. You think it's a two-back set, then they're all split out, and then Christian McCaffrey just so happens to be one of the four or five best slot receivers in the NFL, and then Debo Samuel goes into the backfield, and he's one of the best six or seven running backs in the NFL. But wait, he's supposed to be a wide receiver. He's supposed to be a running back. George Kittle's the best tight end in the NFL. Kyle Juszczyk's the best fullback in the NFL. He can play anywhere. And then Brandon Ayuk has decided to become one of the best one-on-one -on -one wide receivers in the NFL. He is quite legitimately isolated, quick-breaking route, as good as anyone, not named Devontae, I would say at this point, because he's just mm. got this size and physicality to him that most of the guys running those style of routes don't have anymore. It's all the Justin Jefferson chop feet and go. Brandon Ayuk just shoves people out the way and says, throw him the ball. <laughs> and then he can <laughs> run after the catch like nobody as well. So it's just five unbelievable players individually who together are complete and perfect and there's no zero answer like schematically or anything like that the only hope would be Micah Parsons Demarcus Lawrence an insane amount of pressure and then you the quarterback panics because even if there's a lot of pressure they have the answers within the offense that's just what they've built it is a perfect machine that they've built there so it would just be that he just got freaked out moments too big for him he tosses two picks or you know a fumble or one thing that's happened with him consistently is he likes to spin around and move around a lot right and make some fun wild off schedule plays he consistently just runs into the back of trent williams for, for reasons that remain unclear and you know if he's doing that against bad defenses like the seahawks that's fine you do that against micah parsons and you could get in some trouble brock purdy is that little football toy in the Simpsons episode where Homer's the coach and he's trying to draw up a play and he switches it on and the quarterback just goes round and round and round and round and round in circles. Um, 
Cowboys, keys to winning the game if if they've got a chance? Be Dak. You know, Dak was the best quarterback in the wildcard round. My entire existence served to be propaganda for Dak Prescott. So I think people are well aware. Well, you've moved on because for a while it was Jameis Winston and who else has been it? Cam, Cam Newton. These are your boys that have always been. I still love, I still believe in Cam. I still think Cam could come back and do Get something. out, get in the uh, sea. Dak, I adore. Uh, Dak is the closest thing to Peyton Manning in the NFL at the moment, not necessarily in terms of once he lets the ball go, but all the fun stuff I enjoyed before the ball, the pre-snap stuff, and he just roasted that book's defense, and he's now going up against the best defense in the NFL. They are really simplistic, rather bland, but they have eight pass rushers who are all outside of Bosa as good as each other. So they got the best in the league and they just cycle through all these guys who are complete freakzoids and it's going to be a lot of pressure and very difficult. And that offense does not allow you. You remember the Mike McCarthy days. It's not as if he's building in easy. I do. I do, Ollie. Yes. Uh, there's not easy access throws and easy completions and hey, just flick it out here and get an easy bucket. It's like, how can we purposely make it more? Do we get complication points it is like a complication point metric in the nfl so it just demands so much of the quarterback and he will have to be absolutely perfect if he turns the ball over even once they're probably in some kind of trouble and he has to make some plays with his legs because he's just staunchly refused for the last two seasons he's like i am not a mobile quarterback since i shattered my ankle i'll do some option stuff to keep the defense honest in the run game and fake like i might be involved in that but as a scrambler that has all but vanished from his game. It's like 15 all season. They don't have the talent anymore. You know, last year they had just a wrecking crew of an offense. This year it's him and CD and Pollard. Sometimes Dalton Schultz decides to get frisky, but for the most part, it's Lamb, Dak just being amazing, and then Pollard hitting a couple of explosive runs. They need Dak to go and move around with his legs, even move to throw or move to create uh, on third down, and that'll be the key to the game. Love it. And don't don't ever argue with something that's bland. Weetabix, one of the best-selling cereals there is. Very bland. Uh, let's move on, Ollie, and I'm going to hit you with this. I'm going to stay on this train. I've been banging my table a lot during this episode. Giants continue magical run to championship weekend. Eagles season ends with a whimper. I feel like it's been building to this all season. The Eagles were this freight train. Remember at the start of the season, we were talking about it. When are they going to lose? And now I see this Giants team just here to upset the apple cart and piss everyone off. And they're going to do it in the most spectacular way against the Eagles. What's fun about this Giants team is, remember last week with the Vikings game, it was like this fraud ball. Everyone knew the Vikings. Was I told you they were going to get housed. I said it. Everyone knew they were frauds. And I think most people thought that the Giants were frauds would be overstating it. But it was like they have done such a it was all Brian Dable. What a genius. What a masterful coach job. Everyone was understanding that this was not a very talented team maximizing its capabilities. They're not frauds. They are chances. And everyone loves a chance. <laughs> everyone loves a chance. But I have to say, and you go through the schedule and they've won these games where it's, you know, Tennessee misses a field goal with time expiring. Jacksonville can't get the kicker on the field in time and they fuck up the timeouts. Like they've won a bunch of fluky close games that they wouldn't ordinarily win. And so there is some hidden fraud under there, but they've actually just become good the last three weeks. Like if we did this conversation three weeks ago, I'd be all in on. They're actually not that good, not that talented, bad NFC and good coaching job. The last three weeks, they are just good. 
That's just the mm. facts. They've completely overhauled how they play defense from what was a really gimmicky blitz-led style, which was, we know we've not got good players. Let's do mad shit and hope for the best. That was the whole style, and somehow it held for the whole season. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau is playing out of his mind as the rookie. They have the best interior defensive line in the NFL right now. Leonard Williams is playing well. Dexter Lawrence has become the best player in the league up front. And now they just play with down four and go. And if you remember those wonderful Giants teams of all, Tom, and I know mm-hmm. that the franchises don't have history and there's no DNA and it doesn't carry season to season, but I do remember them having a, a crazy down four, not a whole bunch of talent elsewhere, and then a quarterback who is probably not good, but ran around and made weird things happen too. 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, beat, they beat the Packers in the championship game. Is that a classic? Four down linemen. And and then Eli Manning spinning around like he's on Homer Simpson's, <laughs> and that's what Daniel Jones does. I mean, I, I went back and rewatched the um, the the first matchup from earlier the season, not the second matchup this week, and they just got absolutely housed. And it was like mm. it was a non-competitive game. It was like watching an NFL team play against a high school team at times. Just the, the athletic difference, particularly when the Eagles were on offense. So that is still hidden in there. But I, in a one-off game with this defensive coach Wink Martindale, who will do just bonkers stuff to try and force at. he knows that he's not going to stop these guys for 10 drives and that really the game plan is can i get myself two turnovers he's got the creativity to do that and then with daniel jones it's can he make what four or five explosive plays probably with his legs they didn't yeah. run him barely at all in the first matchup so that's a, a fresh wrinkle they can drop on the eagles in this game and that eagles defense is electric at all three levels but i don't know i I do, you know, my head says this will be 40 to 17. And what, why was I even contemplating this mm. is a competitive matchup? But I do think I'm just holding on to this thing that the Giants are good now, that they were frauds, but now they actually are good. And I think people are still talking about them as though, as to your point at the start, it's mid season Eagles versus mid season Giants. And it's not, it's, it's where we're at now with an Eagles team that has at times looked flaky against a Giants team that has become good. Yeah, it's incredible. Daniel Jones got to have himself a game, though. That's that's if he if you, you can't win this game as the Giants, if Daniel Jones is a passive character. He has to have himself a game. Right. Let's move on, Ollie, and let's hit probably I think the best game of the weekend: the Bengals against the Bills. What's going to be our headlines that we see plastered across USA today? Since he burrows into AFC title game, let's oh, go. Oh. Let's go. It's fantastic, Ollie. It's brilliant. It's better than anything I came up with. Uh, I, I don't believe this one for a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Classic. The Bengals offensive line has now lost three starters. At the time of recording, it looks like none of them are going to play. It was already a bad group, but when the group was at least healthy, they did two things they did not do last season. One, they completely redefined their run game and then what they could do with play action off that. And they became one of the best uh, rushing attacks in the NFL, one of the best play action attacks in the NFL because Joe Burrow had just an ounce of faith that allowed him to turn his back to the defense, which he had not done for two seasons because would you have turned your back, <laughs> you know, sitting behind that those group of guys who got him hurt all the time. So <laughs> losing those three players up front means that their run game will be really li- restricted in terms of the concepts they can run. I think it will limit the play action game. Um, and the, and then in the drop back game, those, when those guys were healthy, they were really bad which sounds awful. Alex Cap was very good. Williams was terrible. Lyle Collins was a walking disaster. But they did not allow free runners. And that was the huge issue they had um, for the last two seasons was that 
instead of just getting beat for talent one-on-one, -on -one, we're not good enough, where you can then slide protection, move around, do communication things, Burrow can start understanding on this concept, this guy's going to get beat. You know, this guy loses quick in the set, this guy loses late in the rep, and you can start building this kind of internal dialogue to yourself. Like, I'm going to have to take a little step to my left on this concept because I mm. know that Lyle's going to get whipped off the end here. Instead of that now, there will be a bunch of communication busts, I'm sure, because they've, they've just changed too many pieces. The right guard, Max Sharping, is, is a walking disaster. So I, I'm deeply, deeply concerned about Joe Burrow's ability to move the ball. But, but, Tom, but, but having monologued that, I believe so deeply and strongly in my guy, Sweet Lou Amanarumo, the defensive coordinator of the Bengals, and this Bills offense is really fractured. It is the strangest group in the league where every week you watch them go, what is wrong with this team? And then they score 34 points on someone. And it all feels wrong. And it's just Josh Allen playing hero ball. No one is intimidated by their receivers outside of Stefan Diggs. Their the run game is not consistent at all. The offensive line isn't playing that great. Their pass rush has vanished since Von Miller left the lineup. They went from yep. the third best pass rush in the league by pressure rate with Von Miller to the 26th in the NFL without Von Miller. So they can't even hang their hat on that anymore. And it's purely become, can Josh Allen make nine great throws a game? And someone seems to have told him that those throws must come on every play. <laughs> and now he's just <laughs> running away at a rate we've never seen before. Someone attempt throws over 20 yards at the rate he is currently doing. He had 23 throws against the Dolphins over 10 yards. 23 throws over wow. 10 yards. He was just gunning out of his mind. And I think Luana Rumo, the Bengals DC, who is as good as they come in the league, will set all kind of creative traps. And he knows, like the Wink Martindale point before, that I am not stopping this guy for 10 drives. It would be foolish to think so. I need two turnovers, ideally three. One, you know, clean runner comes through, force fumble, and he will give us chances because he's always turnover prone. And if we get two, three turnovers, as bad as our offensive line is, as submarine as the offense may be behind Joe Burrow, that is where we'll have a chance. In it. And I believe in the Bengals. Wow, Ollie, that is, I mean, that is bold. But I, I, I like your thinking. I like your thinking. But I, I just love Josh Allen. And I love, love watching Josh Allen at the moment. He's, he's the just, by far, yeah. he's like you compared him before when he runs to a Labrador. He's just this guy who just is, he's just out there playing. He's just out there playing time. as if he was on the street. He just doesn't care. And it, it is like, uh, I heard someone on a podcast this week make a really good point. It's like he's, a, he's an eight-year-old who woke up and discovered his own arm. It's like he can't believe. There's like a joy. Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe I have the best arm in the NFL. <laughs> Watch this. I'm just going to flick it 45 yards down the field. Every Why would I not do this every time? <laughs> what, 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 why do I need to? I, mean, I wrote a, a, a deep dive column about this for the read optional about blitzing and all this stuff that so, you know the the, Dol the dolphins last week i don't know what happened to josh boy there dc he got fired yesterday i don't know if he was on an acid trip i don't know what was <laughs> happening I, I i assume he knew he was getting fired and went into pure like fuck it mode that is the yeah. only possible explanation um and he just ran this bizarre defense but it ended up kind of working for them because it, it it played into this idea with alan of saying well i want to throw the ball 50 yards of play and that's obviously very difficult to do when you've got eight guys screaming into the backfield instantly, which is what the Dolphins did. They sent all out pressure a bunch of times. So, But you just see Josh Allen not decide, like, um, I'm going to pay to Manning my way down the field. You know, it's going to be three-step drop, ball out, and let's just move the ball 15 yards at a time. Let's get out of here with the win. He's just like, no, I can throw the ball 65 yards on a rope, and that is what I shall be doing. <laughs> and it's just so self-evident in the offense, and it's, it's, it is what a child would do. And it's probably, I get into this battle with them of their offense is almost poorly designed, 
But then if I was in that meeting room too with that guy, I'd go, why are we not trying to score on every single play? Mm. It, it may be like intellectually incorrect or not the most glamorous or creative offense, but we have this complete alien. Let's allow him to try and score on every single play. And as I said, you end up watching them going, something feels weird about this. It's off. And then you look down at the scoreline and it's 35 to 31 or 34 to 31, or they've put 40 on someone again. So it, it just works. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy, man. Right, Ollie, that's the divisional round. So we're saying it's going to be a matchup of the Bills and the Chiefs and the Giants and the 49ers. Ooh. I'm not going to. No, 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 Bengals in the Chiefs and the Giants in the 49ers. You don't agree with the Giants thing, though, do I you? I do not agree with the Giants thing in the slightest. No, I still think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. But I I, uh, I, I, would love to live in a world where I wake up and, and Wink Martindale has taken the, the Giants to the, to the title game. That would be very fun. You will wake up in that world. If you will Giants wake up make, in that world on Monday. If the Giants make it to the title game, they're winning it all. That's just a fact. You cannot argue with the football gods. If they allow Daniel Jones to the NFC title game, you don't think he's going to go all the way to Arizona and and, and uh, wreck it for someone? They just hear the words, Lawrence Tynes has kicked the Giants to the Super Bowl. Anyway, right, let's throw it forward. Okay, we finished this week with a bit of a game, and our game this week is not game show E, as in taken from TV or radio or something like that, but this is just more around the divisional round, and Ollie and I are going to hit each other with some classic divisional round games from yesteryear, and we're going to see if we can name any of the touchdown scorers from that game. It's a pretty simple premise. If you can get one of them, that's going to be our rule, then you win. <laughs> Uh, you get three shots, I think. I think three shots is enough. And we'll see how far we go. Ollie, are you ready for this? I am very ready. Yeah, I'm concerned about this because you know my knowledge is weak at times. Uh, right. So, Ollie, this year, the year we're giving you is the 2015-2016 playoffs. Okay? Yeah. Now, the first game I'll give you uh, is the New England Patriots against the Kansas City Chiefs. The New England Patriots beat the Kansas City Chiefs 27-20. to in the 2015-2016 playoffs. Can you name anybody that scored a touchdown in that game? It has to be. This is, again, this is unbelievable. If it ends up being Michael Obenauer knew it, when I mentioned that job, that would be hysterical. He is on that roster, I believe. Um, Gronkowski has to have scored in that game. I think he scored like just non-stop through that postseason. He did. Gronkowski got a TD. Well done. You win that. You win that game. Do you want to take a hazard? Another guest at all? You're sure. welcome to. Um, so that that Chiefs team, that's the last Alex Smith team, is it? I, think. I believe so. Yeah. Last Alex Smith team. Who else? So Travis Kelsey? No, not Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Um, James White. No, not James White. Like the guest, though. The the other touchdown scores were Tom Brady. So he obviously walked oh, one yeah. in. Yeah, he had the sneak. Yeah. Albert Wilson. Ooh. And Shakandrick West. Ah, uh, Shakandrick West. People thought he was going to be a superstar. Uh, mm, how wrong they were. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. We spin forward to the 2020 divisional round, and we start with your beloved Green Bay Packers against the Los Angeles Rams. The Packers house the, the Rams in this game. In the 2020 divisional round. Mm-hmm. It was cold. I reckon AJ Dillon probably scored a touchdown. AJ Dillon did not score a touchdown. Did he not? He did not score. Did a he touchdown. not? Well, surely. I can't Devont- believe looking at this collection of of weapons and players that. You're- yeah, hang on, Devontae <laughs> Adams. Devontae Adams is correct. Um, and probably James Jones as well. Then. 
Not James Jones, no. Did James Jones didn't get one. Okay, that's interesting. Well, let's take a shot. Was Tonyan injured at that point? I don't know. Well, probably Ujimiflip scored for the Rams. Oh, why am I forgetting his name? Wide receiver. You trying to think of Cooper Cup? That's who I'm trying to think of, yeah. <laughs> he did not score. What? No, no, he did not. Okay, let me take one more shot with the Packers. Uh, although I've run out of guesses, but I got one right anyway. So I've got the point technically. I will take a shot with Mercedes Lewis. Is incorrect. I will give you one clue. Who is the guy that Packers receive? Packers uh, uh, online brigade spent all off season telling me he's the best blocking wide receiver in football. He's the best blocking wide receiver. You don't Alan Lazard. You don't understand football, Ollie. You know he he's the most essential blocking wide receiver in football. That's actually more important for the offense than being able to be good as a receiver. Who was what was that guess? Alan Lazard. Uh, yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Here, here, talking to the Green Bay Packers, Ollie, back to 2015-2016, the Arizona Cardinals 26, Green Bay Packers 20, overtime. Now, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, it. that was the bonkers Aaron Rodgers deep that throws is. at the end of the yeah. game. Two that, in a row. I think that's my favourite favorite ever game. Um, I don't know why I said that, like, that. there could be an objective answer there. <laughs> I'm the person who <laughs> to have a favourite game. That is my favourite game, I think. Um God, I can't even remember the teams that well outside of Carson Palmer being out of his mind. Um, and then Rodgers. Who did he throw the Hail Mary to? Did he throw the ball to Randall Cobb in that game? Randall Cobb? He did not. Oh. No. It was both of those throws were to the same person at the end of the game. Oh, he, was, uh, I don't, he was either seventh round or undrafted. He was definitely a, a low pick. Ooh. No, I, I can't get it. I can't get it. I'm going to have to lean Cardinals here. Go on. Um, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald all the way. Yes. Always. Correct. So you win that round. Do you want me to tell you the others then? Please. Well, Michael Floyd also scored. Yeah, yeah. The big receiver, yeah. And the recipient of those throws from Aaron Rodgers was the one Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis. <laughs> there's, there you go, baby. That's, really, that's, that's, that's a real tough beat because that's my favorite. That is the most fun game that's probably ever been played in, in this league. And he would only be famous for that game. And I still have no idea. Dude, who he is. Is. Yeah. yeah. It, those two throws by Rogers at the end, one from within Not his really. own end zone, end zone, and then that one to get the touchdown at the end were insane. And that Absolutely was absolutely insane. The Lions game and the Cowboys game was in that same same season wasn't it didn't he, he did mm. three times in the one year i think i might be mistaken i think so sure it was sure. Three in the one year yeah what a player right hit me back uh okay so we go to the afc in 2020 and we're doing the buffalo bills and the baltimore ravens now one clue i'll give you here is the baltimore ravens did not score a touchdown in the afc divisional round in 2020 the buffalo Bills against well probably Diggs scored a touchdown. Stefan Diggs did score a touchdown. Isn't this interesting when you go for the divisional round that the superstar? This is why they're the superstars. It's because they score in in the biggest games. Exactly. Yeah. And then I'm probably struggling a little bit um, in terms of the rest of that Bills roster. Who did that Bills have on the roster? They could have. I, it wasn't a high scoring game, though, was it? No, it was not. It was seventeen to three. So there were only two touchdown scorers. It's a tough one. Oh, geez. I'm really, really struggling. No, I, I, I'm not even sure I can I can hazard a guess, to be quite honest. Did Josh Allen run one in? 
He did not. That is a good guess, though. It was Teron Johnson. It was a pick six. Teron Johnson. Oh. Wow. Okay. Right. Anyway, we've actually got all. We've got one on all of these so far, though. So we're doing well. Right. Back to 2015, 2016, Ollie, for you. The Carolina Panthers beating the Seattle Seahawks 31 to 24 with your boy. A quarterback was he? Your boy, one of your boys. All he does is win. Hey, you've been watching tape. Watch this. All he does is win, and he did. And he won, a, he won an MVP, and he went to the Super Bowl, and then we, and he lost the Super Bowl. I'm not discuss any further what happened in that game. Um, uh, Cam had to run one in, right? No, he didn't. Ah. Gutted. That is devastating. But it was a high, it was a high scoring game on it. So thirty one to twenty four. So there are five touchdown scorers in this game. This is interesting, um, because I will tell you right now, there are there's there's there are defensive touchdowns in this one. Ooh, Bobby Wagner? No. Super You've actually only got one more guest now, Ollie. Otherwise, we lose our Uh-oh. winning streak. Uh-oh. Think about it. Uh... They were heavy on the running game, the Panthers. Yeah, they were heavy. Heavy on, heavy on running game, and then the tight ends off the old play action. Oh, Greg Olson. Yeah, come on. And did Marshawn score too? If it's heavy, on he the didn't. Run? No, he didn't. The the other yeah. the, Jonathan Stewart. Yep, yeah, the running back. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, the Seahawks. Jermaine Curse. All the boys. And Luke Keekley. Oh, so it was Keekley. a scoop and score. I got my, yeah. I got my Mike linebacker scoop and scores mixed up. Oh no! Oh, it happens to all of us. Right. What's my next one? Back to twenty twenty one. Okay, we're doing Chiefs Browns. Chiefs Browns. This was actually a good game. Uh, what was the score? Twenty two to seventeen to the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. So Chiefs will have had well an easy early shot to make is Tyreek Hill. Is incorrect. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Now, now, I mean, now. What about the Browns? Of course, we've got two running backs with the Browns because, of course, they've got Chubb and Hunt at that point, don't they? As well, and also probably bless them, Jarvis Landry. <laughs> um, bless them. What the hell was that about? I'll go for Chubb. Incorrect. Ah, okay. Landry. Is correct. Yay, we're still there. Jarvis Landry marching down the field three yards at a time. Three yard out, three yard out, three yard out, three yard out. <laughs> Who got the other touchdowns? The other touchdowns you could have had. You could have had Patty Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That guy. Travis Kelsey. Again, you look at the superstars. The why was I going? Why Mahomes. was I focusing on the Browns? I don't know. <laughs> focus on the Browns running back rotation then Landry and then Kareem Hunt the other back it was not Nick. Uh, damn it picked the wrong back right back to the old 2015-2016 playoffs Ollie and this is a bit trickier the Denver Broncos beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 23-16 to there were only two touchdown scorers in this game 23-16 Denver Broncos <sighs> Antonio Brown no. Oh. Nice shout. That was a good shout. That was a really good shout. Oh, <laughs> that really stings. Le'Veon Bell? No. Am I in the wrong era? <laughs> Did any of those guys still play for the team? Oh my God, I'm going to have to look this one up. But So this is 2015-2016 playoffs. That's a 2015 playoffs. How is that? Those guys are all still there, I think. 
that would be another one of the years when uh, this doesn't get factored enough, by the way. I'm going to get on a minor soapbox. I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's one of the three best coaches in football. But they keep doing this no losing season stat with Mike Tomlin, right? Mike Tomlin has no losing seasons or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he also had massively underwhelming seasons when he had the strongest talent advantage in all of football. He had the best defense of the league. and He know, did for a long time. The best quintet of playmakers anywhere you could have found. So, um, uh, yeah, well, let's maybe focus on that sometimes. Um. Pittsburgh sees the democracy have found it. Let's have a look at the uh, the names on here. So I've got an overview of the game here, but I'm not sure. I can't know. I'm not sure those guys were on the team. Really? Oh, that's that's problematic then. Hmm. Who are they playing against? <laughs> so it's Pittsburgh against Denver. So this was Roethlisberger Manning. Oh god. Um... That's who we've got here. So this uh, this is difficult, mate, to be quite honest. I might as well just give you it. Any kind of positional help you can give me? Well, so they were both they're both running backs. Oh god. But it's not the star running backs. But it's not who is starting at running back? So it's a running back after Le'Veon Bell. Oh, oh no, no, no. Go on. No. Didn't they have LeGarrette Blunt for like six weeks? I think that was in the regular season. Yeah, I won't count that. That's not right. <laughs> okay. Um, and the Broncos. Oh God, that team. They cycle through. Was there was there a Hillman? A Hilliam? There was Ronnie Hillman. Was Ronnie was, Hillman. Yeah. yeah. There was a team with Demarius Thomas on it. Oh, did, Emmanuel was, uh, Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. No, it's not. So, <laughs> can we say? So the two the two touchdown scorers were CJ Anderson. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Fitzgerald Toussaint. Oh, what a great name. Great. I know. Toussaint great name. sounds like a wonderful place to dine, you know? It, I would love to go well, there you know, for reservation. Friday, I'm thinking the Mrs. Toussaint's. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gastronomique. Eight courses. Sampling menu. Of course. Okay. So right, what you got for me? For the win. This is for the win, then. You have oh, the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady and all against the New Orleans Saints. Tampa won 30 to 20. Okay, so there's plenty of touchdown scorers here then. Plenty of touchdown scorers. Tampa Bay against the New Orleans Saints. Yes. So who was in that period? So Tampa Bay. So this is so this is Brady. It's the last embers of Breeze. And it's, it's the last embers of Breed and it's Brady, right? Okay. Well, I'm just going to go really obvious, and then this kind of screws it up, doesn't it? So the really obvious one is obviously Mike Evans. It's correct. Well, yeah, I mean, that's too easy, isn't it? Brutal. Um, can I get any any more obscure ones? Let me have a think. How many touchdown scorers were there? There were one, two, three, four. Four touchdown scorers. So Mike Evans... Ooh, do 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 do. Who did Tampa Bay? Who else did they have? Did they have? Did Alvin Kamara score? Alvin Kamara did not score. Okay, I'll take one more shot. A what about a running back did score? Yeah. What about Leonard Fournette? Yeah, playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny, the guy himself. Wow, Ollie, I got a W. <laughs> you got a W again. Tom Brady also scored in that game. We would have accepted Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That's, that's skank, Tom Brady. 
<laughs> in all Gary, these mate. playoff games, Tom Brady is scoring touchdowns, by the way. You notice that? Yes, yeah. Oh, it's the playoffs. Oh, I'll take this from the one-yard line. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll take this one. Jeez, what a charlatan. Ollie, it's been a pleasure. Let me ask you before you go, you got to do yes. one, one ball prediction because by the time we record next, we may know. Who knows? W- one word. Where will Tom Brady be playing next season? Las Vegas. Same question back at you. San Francisco. I don't see it with their stable of QBs. I just me neither. But I think there was a gentleman's agreement, and I don't think they're going to allow Brock Purdy to uh, detonate a gentleman's agreement. I think you're probably right there. Okay, then. I also know that's wrong because in his uh, his divorce settlement, he has to have the kids fifty percent of the time. There's no way they're flying back and forth from Florida to San Francisco. Definitely, probably going to be Miami. Um. Where's Rogers next season? Hmm. Spotify. <laughs> I'm just think... asking. Welcome to Aaron Rogers. I'm just asking. My I'm guess just is asking. a discredited scientist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that guy. I think he's back in Green Bay. Oh yeah, no. This is just all time. This and and to have that controversy this week, I was gonna ask you about it, but I know you gotta shoot about the um him doing the MVP line and only focus on MVPs. I, d- I think it was very unfair. He also said within that same thing that he, he only cares if he wins at all or something like that. But he wants to win a ring. He doesn't really give that much of a shit about being the MVP again, I don't think. He'd love it and he'd laud it. And yeah, it would build his ego even more. And he wouldn't say no to it, but he wants to. His his legacy is tarnished by the fact that he's gone to the playoffs all these times. He's only been to the Super Bowl once. Yeah. And by the way, it's a, the Packers have to start taking some responsibility for this. It becomes very easy to say, "Oh yeah, all those hostage stuff." You signed the contract. The contract gave him this leverage to pull this bullshit every offseason for the next three years. You gave completely him- agree. Yeah, so, Packers have him last year stitched themselves up like a plonkers. Anyway, there you go, Ollie. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll be continuing to ride this MCFS train until the end of the season, when we will then take a sabbatical. We will assess our lives, uh, have a bit of a detox, go and. Um, remove all fluids from our body like Aaron Rodgers did on that retreat last season. That's a a Uh, good MCFS episode, us doing ayahuasca or whatever. (laughs) Uh, That's what it'll be like. Anyway, then we'll come back to you in probably in August after the season's done. I'm definitely not taking an audible of uh, an audio commentary of what's happening while I'm losing everything out of both ends. Right. So for now, it's goodbye from Ollie. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Enjoy Divisional Weekend. Go Pack Go. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, no. (laughs) 